Behind the scenes, 33. Transmitters? We don't need no stinking transmitters. This is Behind the Scenes, an inside look at what it takes to put together a podcast and make it work. Check it out. Hey, this is Craig Patchett, and this is Behind the Scenes number 33. Tonight's show is being recorded with the H4 by Zoom. And for a mic, I'm using the Sennheiser MD46, which is an excellent interview mic. I highly recommend it. And in conjunction with the H4, it makes a nice little portable recorder setup. So that's our gear for tonight's show. Now, tonight's show is the third of a series of three editions of Behind the Scenes that feature interviews from various podcasters and other movers and shakers within the podcasting community that were recorded at the Podcasting and Portable Media Expo back at the end of September. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to the previous two shows, uh, I would recommend them despite the fact that uh, upon listening to them again, (laughs) I realized that apparently I needed a couple of shots of caffeine prior to recording them. I definitely was not uh, my usual energetic self, but they do feature some great interviews with uh, various podcasters, like I said. The first show sort of featured a little bit about the philosophy of podcasting. The second show touched on the mechanics of podcasting, and tonight we're going to talk about, I think I've been talking about it as the evolution of podcasting from audio to video, but I guess it's more of an expansion because audio certainly isn't going anywhere. Uh, but I did have an opportunity to talk with such video podcasting luminaries as Brian Clark from Grape Radio, Callie Lewis from Geek Brief TV, Joanne Colan from Rocket Boom, and Kip Epps from NBC. So Some great information, uh, some interesting interviews. I hope you enjoy them. First off is Brian Clark from Grape Radio. Now, Grape Radio has been around almost as long as Behind the Scenes has and established itself early on as a very high-quality podcast coming from independent producers but having professional quality and was also one of the first podcasts to ask for and receive a fairly high advertising revenue. At the moment, Grape Radio is in the process of adding video to their repertoire. And so I was curious as to what that transition has been like. Well, first off, we're still going to have audio, but we're going to add video to sort of enhance the experience uh, so people can see the vineyards and the people are talking to and the wine caves and all that kind of stuff just to bring an extra dimension. As, as far as the extra work, it's totally different technology. I mean, editing is completely different. One of the things we've done is we outsource a lot of stuff. So we got somebody to come in and basically produce and edit it, an outside company for us because it was just too much work. We're right now, getting, we just released our first promotional video podcast. This is a short two or three minute review of some of the things we've done in the past. And we're coming up with our first one next week. And right now I'm just trying to figure out issues of formatting it. Getting, I know it plays in iTunes. It'll go on the feed, but I'm having problems getting it to automatically go onto the uh, video iPods, getting it the right format getting it to fit on the screen so uh, it's just been a struggle it's all new obviously so it'll, it'll be fun we're looking forward to it though do you see it as, as being something that's going to be of greater appeal to advertisers sponsors well that's an excellent question I think maybe it depends I, I think there's some advertisers might be more appealing to because there's some visual aspect to what some people do but I still think for a lot of people, the audio is the way to go. Because even your car, you can't watch a video, iPod. 
And a lot of times, I mean, you have to focus your attention on something that's a video. You can't just sort of have it in the background. And, and so that's why I think still the widest base will always be audio for us. Speaking about advertisers, Grape Radio has been extremely successful almost from the beginning as far as not only getting advertisers for the show, but also commanding a premium price for those advertisers. What advice would you give other podcasters in not selling themselves short on the value of their show? I think that's the hardest thing. In fact, there's a conference coming up, and uh, one of my partners, Jay, is going to be speaking of that exact issue, whether someone should go to some type of these, like, pod track type of guys to handle it for if you shoot yourself. And I, I think part of it is, is it really, is it a hobby or is it a business? If it's a hobby and you don't want to spend a lot of time calling people up and trying to sell stuff, these other solutions seem like a great way to go. But if you really want to make money, I mean, I think you need to have information on your website about advertising. A lot of these guys don't. I mean, you just no way to figure out how to advertise on their site. And if you do, I mean, we have a press kit just to send out and try to look as professional as possible. And a lot of it, I think for us, we've been very fortunate just in the space we're in. I mean, people tend to spend a lot of money to promote themselves. So we've been really lucky in the fact most people have come to us, and we really haven't had to spend a huge amount of time going out and selling the advertising. Is it something that's become easier over the past two years, or, or is it pretty much it's just been that way from the beginning? Well, I think the advertising sales has been easier from a standpoint. A number of the people have come back, so I haven't had to go out and resell. People have been calling us saying, hey, we want to do another three or four weeks, uh, that type of thing. It's gone really well. I mean, it's all based on results. I mean, you have to have a reasonably good listener base, and they have to be really targeted to that market. And for wine, for us, that, that works out really well. And it's more than just wine for us it works because the average person who listens to our show tends to have a lot of disposable income. So there's other things like travel and other high-end types of things that advertisers can feel comfortable coming to our site and getting their product out there. Okay, great. Well, thanks very much, and I hope you have continued success. Thanks. Appreciate it. Callie Lewis is the host of the very popular Geek Brief TV, but she also started out with an audio podcast. It wasn't until she switched to video, however, that she saw her listenership explode. So I asked her what that whole experience had been like. All I can say is is I hope that it's because we try and make people happy. That That's our number one goal, is to make people have a smile on their face throughout the day. So four days a week, they can smile and just have a little bit of fun in their hectic day. We try really hard to put out a high-quality video podcast, so hopefully it's all of that combined. You know, I can't say, this is it. <laughs> so. Okay, well, fair enough. I think it's always something that's hard to put your finger oh, on, and especially with this kind of phenomenon as it's new and people are trying to figure it out. Yeah. What's your experience been here at the show in terms of the way that Geek Brief has been received and the feedback that you've been getting from people and just things you've learned? Oh, it's been wonderful. I haven't been able to spend a whole lot of time. I'm working this weekend, so I haven't spent a whole lot of time here at the expo part of it. But what I have, it's been amazing. That's what the expo is all about, is people coming together and just learning what everybody else is doing and just sharing ideas and meeting each other. And, and you know, you do the same thing I do. That's so cool to, to just kind of talk and, and have a great time. So, Anything uh, planned for the future in terms of surprises? <laughs> well, I couldn't tell you, could I? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're always trying to push ourselves, really. So there will be definitely lots of stuff coming. Great. Well, I appreciate the time and, and wish you continued success, of course. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Another video podcast that has homegrown roots is Rocket Boom, which is either at this point the most popular video podcast or is certainly one of the top two or three. And I had the opportunity to speak with the current host, Joanne Colan. 
Now, Joanne came into Rocket Boom after it was already established as a popular show and came out of traditional media. I asked her what that transition was like and what her experience was with podcasting in general. For me, it wasn't too unusual to find myself on a video blog because I'm from a television background. And so it wasn't too unfamiliar to me to sit in front of a camera and take a camera out and about and produce content. That part of it feels very natural to me. One of the first differences I noticed was just the immediate dialogue that I have with the audience members. People comment, and I love it when they comment, because you get an immediate feel for who your audience is and what people want to see. Because people are very vocal about content and the way it's presented. If they've seen something that we referenced before, they'll absolutely tell us about it and say, well, that's not new, but I like the new angle that you spun on it. So there is an immediate relationship and an interactivity which has an influence on what we're doing as much as the other way around. When I was working in television, of course, I'd receive fan mail. And the relationship is very different because when people see you on television, they immediately feel a disconnect because you're on television. They don't feel that personal, I can have you in my pocket, out and about on the train or in the gym or when I'm in my car. It's subtle, but it's a very different kind of connectivity that's going on. And I'm really humbled by the fact that people gave me this opportunity. And uh, yeah, it was a little bit bumpy to start with, but I think that's calmed down for the most part. And we're just trying to do good shows and make good content. And it's a team effort. It's very much all of us all together, scratching our heads every day of the week and thinking, well, what shall we do now? And of course, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the work Andrew has done. And I think he's fairly visionary. He's standing next to me now, rolling his eyes. Shut up. (laughs) So anyway, I think that answers the question, which is what it was like for me to come into this. Not too unfamiliar, but definitely I'm being exposed to the subtle nuances and the differences. Now, do you see traditional media as being something that is going to end up embracing and using podcasting as a way of extending their own reach? How do you see them using this or not using this with respect to its potential? I think television is embracing pod culture and uh, internet culture it has to it can't sit there and pretend it's not part of what it's doing and i think the personal aspect of the blogosphere if you will is where television has to also have a presence the industry does have a voice on the internet but it's going to have to find a way where it's credible and it serves a purpose they can't just regurgitate their content for the internet they're going to have to find a way of being innovative coming up with something that's fresh coming up with something that complements what we see on television, but that gives us also that personal relationship that I described beforehand. Television has more production money for the most part. They're big corporations. They have a lot of personnel. And at the moment, I think they feel sort of comfortable and safe in that if they're going to foray into the blogosphere, they're going to get it right because they have the money and so on. I think what they're ignoring or what they're trying to catch up with is the fact that There's a lot of people doing things on the internet with a lot of success who don't necessarily have the same production money, but are still creating a huge number in audience attendance. The other thing that I think people would be glad to hear is that when news started to leak out that Joanne was going to be the interim host of Rocket Boom, I had all of the senior execs and producers and studio execs that I've worked for in television email me personally and say, congratulations, we've heard the news, it's great. And a few of them also said, is this going to mean that you can't work for us in the future? And of course, you can do both. 
So the good thing is that the television world is keeping a close eye on what's happening on the internet, not really necessarily the other way around. And I've sat in on dinners and in meetings with all of these various executives and agents and producers from my background in television, all sitting there saying, we need to be credible on the internet, we need to get this right, we need to be very much present on the internet, which all of the cable and network stations are now. But it's not the same. They're not podcasters. They're not the people who were on the internet one or two years ago doing that the first time around. And I find that I'm in this really fascinating position where I kind of get to see it from both perspectives. And I'm really enjoying that. I don't know really exactly what's going to happen. Television isn't going to disappear tomorrow. But neither is podcasting now. And so you're going to have this kind of slow merge because you can't have a TV anchor suddenly just start up their blog and be credible. They have to approach it in a really subtle and clever and very transparent and honest way. And I'm sort of keeping in touch in both respects because I have one foot in both camps in a way. So it's impossible for me to stand here and sum up in just a few minutes where I feel it's going and what's happening. But all I can say is it's definitely going and it's definitely happening. <laughs> That's for sure. And I appreciate the part that you're playing in it and welcome. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's a lot of fun being here. Finally, I spoke with Kip Apps, a producer for NBC, who is looking at ways to take traditional media and embrace the creativity and technology behind podcasting and other forms of video blogging. So I'll let Kip explain how he sees the two meshing together. Well, first of all, great to be here, Craig. You know, podcasting and narrowcasting and all the different ways that people are kind of taking their entertainment into their own hands and people are enjoying each other's entertainment privately. That's kind of the future of media. And what we're doing with my show, Your LA, it's on at noon on NBC, we're trying to kind of incorporate very DIY ways to entertain yourself, you know, and, and podcasting is one of them. Hiking and biking and going to bars or, and whatever. It's all about what you can do yourself and not depend on somebody to give you everything that you need. And I think that's kind of what podcasting is all about. It's almost like podcasting is the new punk rock, you know? It's all about do it yourself. It's all about doing what you like, seeing what you enjoy, and that's what media in general is moving toward. Do you see that in competition with traditional media, or do you see that as a supplement to it? You know what? I think that eventually it's going to be an amalgamation of both. I think it's, <laughs> it's almost like broadcasting is going to become narrowcasting. Like the things that you're into, the things that you like, the things that are important to you will be beamed directly to your handheld unit, your home unit, and you'll watch NASCAR or whatever that is, whatever that is that you're into. You're going to be able to get it, have access to it, and talk to other people who are interested in it, too. And if you don't like NASCAR, then you'll never see a NASCAR thing because you'll be watching baseball or shopping or, or whatever. And I think that's what's going to happen eventually, that broadcasting is going to kind of go away, honestly, and become narrowcasting. So when will we be able to see your show on the iPod? Actually, we're trying to work it out to get us on iTunes. We're going to take our pods or segments, break them down into grabbable bits, and we'll post them up to iTunes. So that's going to be very interesting. Great. I'll look forward to that. Okay. And we're also on every day on the uh, NBC uh, in Los Angeles at 12 noon after the news. And that does it for this edition of Behind the Scenes. Again, I'd like to thank Brian Clark, Callie Lewis, 
Joanne Colan and Kip Epps for taking the time to talk with me. You can find links to all of the shows mentioned in this episode at btscast.com, the show's website. And if you have any feedback for the show, you can reach me via email at craig at godcast.org, via voicemail at 815-301-8600, or by leaving a comment at the website. And again, that's btscast.com. I've got lots of great stuff lined up for upcoming shows, so stay subscribed. This is Craig Patchett, and until next time, God bless. This has been a handcrafted podcast production.